Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Amen. When you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin. If you didn't get one, would you raise your hand and the ushers will bring one to you. Today I came to church without my iPad, so I had to print my sermon notes. I haven't used paper in about 10 years. So if you see me a little bit off, it's because I'm doing it the Manolo way, the old way. (laughs) Can you... Can you tell we just get along? Uh, you know, it's because he makes fun of me when we're out running. So this is the only way I can defend myself without him hurting me, you know. Um, when we're running, he'll punch me and trip me. So when I'm at church, he, 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 he can't do that. Hey, let's pray and we'll go into God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you. There is no doubt your presence is in this place. And there is no doubt, as Sharky mentioned in the beginning, that you're with us and that you're for us. Transform us, Lord. Yes, we want to feel your presence. Yes, we want to be encouraged and uplifted. But more than anything, we need to be transformed and only you can do that. Holy Spirit, we are at your disposal. Do in us the work that only you can through your word. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we're doing a series called Dream Again, and we're talking about dreams, specifically those dreams that come from God. And here's what you need to know in case you tune out, okay, and you get sleepy, which I hope you don't. God's dreams do do three things, okay? You might want to write this down. These are not in your notes, but they do three things. They shape you, they advance your life, and they uplift your lives. God's dreams shape, advance, and lift our lives. Come on, would you tell somebody, tell them God's dreams, they shape, they advance, and they lift your lives. See, God's dreams, they shape our lives for his glory. And when God's dreams, when God's dreams are fulfilled in us, not only do they glorify him, but check this out. They make life for us and others better. God's dreams also advance our lives. You can't have God's dream and stay stuck. God's dreams encourage you. They launch you into a better future and they launch you into a better future with hope. But God's dreams also elevate you. They lift you up. You you get to become a better person. You become a better husband. You become a better worker. You become a better student. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want these things in your life? Who doesn't, right? So the question is, well, how come we don't see that? Because we haven't embraced God's dreams. See, When negative things happen, when difficulty happens, it's so easy. It's so easy to hide behind the excuse of, well, I'm just afraid. Well, I'm just not in a good time. Well, things are just not going well. It's easy that when things go wrong for us to coward. 
But it is then when we most need God's dreams in our life. Because if you don't have God's dreams in your life, your life is going to be frustrated, it's going to be boring, and it's going to be aimless. If you don't have a dream in your life, you are going to wake up every day and it's going to feel just like every other day. You're going to have a hard time getting up. You're not going to have a reason to fight, a reason to keep going because God's dreams make all the difference. In fact, look at what Proverbs 29, 19, 29, 18 says. The message version says it this way. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, what is it that happens? They stumble all over themselves. When you don't have God's dreams, you keep getting in your own way. You keep making the same dumb mistakes or new ones. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But look at what happens. But when they attend to what God, what? What is, it, what is one of the ways that God reveals his will? Through dreams and visions. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are what? Most blessed. I mentioned in an earlier week that when God wants to bless somebody, he gives them a dream. God's dreams for us is a way that God blesses us. Now, I know that you may be here this morning and you may be saying, Pastor, you know, this whole dreaming thing, that, that, that's not for me. That's for people. That's for other kind of people. That may be for you. You know, God called you to be a pastor. He put you in front of people. You got to have a dream. You know, that may be for other people. Well, let me tell you that you couldn't be more wrong. That, in fact, you are alive because of God's dream for you. Because as I mentioned, God will extend your life before he gives up on your dream. And God has a plan. God has dreams for every single one of us that he wants to fulfill. So it is not a question, does God have dreams for me? But the real question that we need to answer is, how can I embrace the dreams that God has for me? Have you embraced the plans, the purpose, the dreams that God has for you? If they elevate you, if they shape you, if they advance you in life, have you embraced God's dreams for you? Today, what I want to do is I want, to, I want us to look at four ways that we can embrace, not just know, but embrace. Because it's one thing to know, and it's another thing to embrace. There's a lot of things that we know that we don't embrace, right? Like we know broccoli is good for us. Right? Yet you don't go out and buy a broccoli pizza. You know that that 30 minutes of exercise is good for us, right? But yet we don't walk 30 minutes, right? There's things that we know that we don't embrace. And, and, and today I want to talk to you about the action of embracing. Because you got to believe that God has good plans, good dreams for you. But you got to embrace them. You ready? How many of you guys are ready to embrace God's dreams for you? Yeah. Amen? Here we go. Number one, to embrace God's dreams, the first thing you got to do, okay, is you got to give yourself completely to God. Simple, right? Isn't it simple? But isn't it hard? Come on. If you want to embrace God's dreams, you have to give yourself 
key word, completely to God. Look at what Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says. Very popular verse, but read along with me. Look at what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead with you. Give your intentions to God. Give your thoughts to God. Give your good will to God. What are we supposed to give? Our bodies. Has anybody ever told you, you know, I can't make it, but I'll be there in spirit. (laughs) Next time somebody tells you that, tell them, don't send your spirit. (laughs) So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give what? Your bodies to God. Why? Why does God require our whole being? Because of all that he has done for you. Has God been good to you? You know, yesterday we had a great time in our prayer time. Tony brought a devotional called But God. And we were talking about, he talked about things that God changed. Circumstances that were negative, but God showed up, right? And then look at what Paul continues to say. Let them be a living and what? Holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a what? New person by changing the way you think. And then look at this last part. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is what? Good and pleasing and perfect. Paul says something very wonderful in this passage. He says that we can know God's will for us. That we can know God's plans for us. When? When can we know that, Paul? When we give ourselves over to him. When you completely give yourself to God, God will reveal his will for you. And God's will for you is tied to God's dreams for you, to God's purpose for you, to God's plans for you. And Paul says something wonderful. He says, not only will you know, but you'll discover that God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. That word perfect that Paul uses in the original means made to measure. In other words, God's will for you fits who you are. It fits your height. It fits your abilities. It fits your experiences. It fits your inclinations. It fits your desires. God's will for you is revealed when we give ourselves over to him. But see, the key, the key, and this is where we, many of us get it wrong is that we give ourselves to God, but we don't give ourselves fully. God, you could have my Sundays if it's not raining. God, you can, you can have some of my friendships, but just not all of them. And see, to embrace God's will, we got to give ourselves completely to God. That means you got to give him your time, your talents, your treasures, your relationships, your past, your present, and your future. Why do we give it? Why does God want it? Can I tell you why God wants it? Here's why. Because he wants to give you something better. 
Anything we hold back is because we think God doesn't have something better for us. And he says, hey, give me your friendships. I know you enjoy them, but I got something better for you. Hey, give me your past. I know it's horrible, but I can, I can redeem it. Hey, give me your money. I can do more with 90% than you can with 100%. God wants everything of us. And see, I find, I find, I find as a pastor that the majority of people think, Pastor, I've already given myself over to God completely. I've already have. Well, Paul gives us a way to know whether we have or not. You want to know how you can know? Here it is. Look at what he says. He says, the way you can know if you have given yourself to God completely or not is by examining if you have any thinking that the world has. He says, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, of your mind. In other words, let me make it very 2021, what Paul is saying. Does your behavior reflect society's standards or God's standards? You know how much you've given yourself to God by your behavior. Is it, is it like those that don't know Christ or is it like Christ? See, devoting yourself completely to God is important. Because if you settle for what the world offers, you'll settle for less than what God has for you. Can I tell you something? And You'll love me. Can we get real practical? Only one person said yes. The rest of you, you won't. It's all right. Let me get real practical so you know what I mean. Are you after God's dreams or after the American dream? Come on, somebody. Thank you. I know I'm preaching better than you're listening. I think I'm going to start printing my notes from now on. Are you after God's dreams or are you after the American dream? Do you seek and sacrifice to go after what God wants or to go after the American dream? See, there's nothing wrong with the American dream. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with wanting a house and a good job and security and happiness. But when you abandon what God has for you to settle for that, you've missed the mark. Because God has something better. And God's dreams for you are better than the American dream. But the only way you embrace them is when you give yourself completely to God. Number two, how do we embrace God's dreams for us? Number two, learn to listen to God. Learn to listen to God. Let me tell you something wonderful about God. You ready? God reveals himself continually. God is not this secret being who, who somehow wants you to discover him. There's some areas of God that, that, that we can learn, that we can discover. But God wants you to know him. God sent Jesus and he named him Emmanuel. God with us. See, but the problem is, most people, when most people, when I ask people, hey, when was the last time God spoke to you? They can't think. They say, well, I don't know, maybe back in 1996. What was the last time I got high? Probably that was the last time. <laughs> and see, if you are going to know God's dreams for you and embrace God's dreams for you, you're going to have to learn to listen to God 
because he is continually speaking to us. I don't know what you do, but when we go out to the stores as a family, Lorena and I, we usually end up at opposite ends of the department stores, right? I go to electronics, I go to uh, men's clothing, she goes to all the other departments in the store. And we eventually end up apart, and um, we have this little thing. I have this little thing with, with my kids. When I get lost, I whistle at them. Not disrespectfully, but it's kind of more like a... So if you're ever around Target or Costco and you hear that, you know it's me. Right? And I don't do it, I don't do it like, you know, I, I, I'm cautious. I'll walk around and I'll be like... And Maisie has such a good ear that she could be on the other side of the store and she'll go. <laughs> and guess what? We find each other. She knows my whistle. She could hear my whistle. And I promise you that if you try to imitate my whistle, she could tell the difference. So, can you hear when God's talking to you? Can you identify when God is talking to you? See, here's the thing. When most of us think about God talking to us, we want this big thunderous voice to, to appear, right? We want some magic letter or email or text message to appear that says, this is Jesus. I heard you. And I want you to know that you have the green light to go ahead and do what you need to do. Can God do that? Yes, he can. Will he likely do that? No. Do you know one of the main ways God talks to us? You ready for this? I guarantee you most of you guys don't know this. You ready? One of God's favorite ways to talk to us is by whispering to us. Look, I know, I know you know this passage, but, but look at what 1 Kings 19, 11, 13 says. God speaks through thunderous voice. God does miraculous things, but God also whispers. And I'll tell you why he whispers in just a minute. Look at what verse 11 through 13 says of 1 Kings. He says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. Right? So God told him, go because I'm going to meet with you. For the Lord is about to pass by. And then look at this. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But what does it say? But the Lord was not in the wind. Can you think of another instance when God's presence manifested through a strong wind? Can you think of another one? I can. Pentecost. Right? It says that they were praying and a strong wind came and fire, tongues of fires appeared on all of them. Look at what it continues to say. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But what happened? But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Can you think of a time when God's presence manifested through an earthquake? I can't. Remember when Paul was in prison? Verse 12. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Can you think of another time when God spoke through the fire, when God manifested through the fire? I can. Remember Elijah and the prophets? 
So God definitely moves and speaks through those venues, powerful venues. But look at what happened. And after the fire came what? A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mount of the cave. You know why God likes to whisper to us? Already? Because he wants you to know how close to you he is. You can only whisper to somebody who is nearby. And God whispers to us because as he says to us what we need to hear, he most importantly wants us to know, hey, I'm nearby. I got you. I'm with you. I haven't abandoned you. And let me tell you, when you need direction from God, what he has to say makes a lot more sense when you know he's with you. Isn't that what Moses said? He said, God, if you don't come with us, we don't want to go. You know why many people don't hear God talk to them? Because we live lives that are, that are just whirlwinds. We're too busy. We're too busy. We got to turn off the novella once in a while. We got to turn off the music. You got to turn off your phone and say, God, speak to me. God will speak to us. But we need to learn. We need to learn to identify God's voice. Pastor, how do I do this? How do I do this? You know, I didn't go to Bible school like you did. I don't have the training that you have, but you can still learn to hear God's voice. And let me tell you that God can speak to you as much as he speaks to me. God wants to speak to you as much as he speaks to me, as much as he speaks to Steve. How can I learn to listen to God's voice? You ready for this? Okay, I took four years of Bible school to learn this, and I'm going to give it to you really cheap and easy. You ready? Here it is. How do I learn to listen to God's voice? Practice. 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 Practice, practice, practice. That's why we have Saturday prayer. To practice listening to God. Not just talking to God, but practice. What do I do, Pastor? When, when, okay, I shut down the phone. I turn off the novella. I, I, you know, what do I do? Ask God questions. Ask him. God, God, she's driving me crazy. I want to unfriend her, Lord. I want to unfriend her, but I'm afraid of the consequences. What do I do, God? What would you do? God, these kids, I don't know what to do with these kids anymore, Lord. I know they're a gift from you, but sometimes they feel like a nightmare. Lord, what would you do? God, I've been feeling angry lately. Why? Ask him questions. And when you ask him questions, stop and listen. And remember that he is going to whisper. And he's going to whisper where? To your heart and to your spirit. There's going to be things that you're going to start feeling that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's not me because I'm not that nice. <laughs> right? That's when you know it's the Holy Spirit. That's when you know it's God. Because you're like, yeah, that's not what I want to do. But somehow I know that that's what I need to do. Why? Because God is speaking to us. You know, you know what's one of the... Now, this is the way God speaks to me. 
You know what's one of the ways that God speaks to me or answers my questions? Through verses. I'll be praying and then a verse will pop. And I was like, oh, that's right. That's the answer. Or that, at least that's God's answer. So practice. And when you hear God speak to you, write down what he says. Write down. You got phones. Open your notes or, or get a notepad and, and write down what he says. Look at what he told Habakkuk in Habakkuk 2.2. Look at what he says. I will give you my message in the form of a vision or, or another version says a dream. Write it clearly enough to be read at what? At a glance. Amen. Number three, to embrace God's dreams for you, you have to serve through your unique shape. You have to serve through your unique shape. The other day, uh, Manolo and I were running and, uh, you know, I, I, I told him, you know, I'm getting out of shape, man. I go, I'm not happy with, what, with, uh, with what's going on with my body. And you know what this guy said to me? <laughs> he said, Pastor... You don't have to worry because you're not out of shape. He said, you're a perfect circle. <laughs> That's not the shape I'm talking about, okay? Let me tell you something. God's dreams, God's plans for us involve serving. They involve bringing about change. You were created not just to consume, but to give. And one of the ways that God reveals to us his dreams, one of the ways that we embrace God's dreams is by serving. Now, listen to me. We do not believe you are saved by what you do. You are not saved by your service, but you are saved for service. When God saves you, redeems you, he equips you, he gives you, he gives you abilities, he gives you gifts. So that you can go about the dreams that he has for you. Look at what 1 Corinthians 3, 5 says. It says, we, we are only God's servants. Each of us did the work the Lord, what? Gave us to do. See, when you serve, not only do you discover God's dreams for you, but you become more like Jesus. Because Jesus says, not even the Son of Man came to be served, but, but to serve others. So if Jesus was willing to serve, you don't think you're better than Jesus, do you? So how do we serve? How do I know? How can I discover God's dreams for me through my service? Well, there's an acronym that Pastor Rick Warren came up with, and it's the acronym SHAPE. It's five unique uh, qualities or five unique elements that make you unique and that also point towards God's dreams for you. Let me tell you what they are. The first one, fill this out in your outline. S stands for spiritual gifts. The first, things that, the first thing that points God's dreams for you, it's your spiritual gifts. Now, your spiritual gifts are spiritual abilities. You got to listen to this. Spiritual abilities that God gives you when you accept Jesus Christ. Now, check this out. Everybody that has accepted Jesus has at least one. You, everyone has at least one, and nobody's got all of them, although I know a few people who think they do. But nobody's got all of them, okay? Nobody has all of them. Everybody has at least one, and nobody has all of them. Here's what you need to know about spiritual gifts. You can't buy them. You can't 
trade them, and you don't choose which ones you want. That's why they're called gifts. God gives them to you, and he gives them to you so that you can know what he wants you to do because he created you with a purpose. He has a dream for you, and those that God calls, he equips. And this is one of the ways. Let, let me share some of these spiritual gifts in case you don't know what they are. This is just a few, okay? There's the spiritual gift of administration, the spiritual gift of discernment, the spiritual gift of exhortation, the spiritual gift of faith, of healing, of hospitality, of mercy, of knowledge, of teaching, of leadership, of evangelism, of wisdom. These are some of the gifts that God gives to us. And every single one of us has at least one. The, the second element, the letter H, stands for your heart. As spiritual gives, H is heart. And by your heart, we mean your passions. See, your heart represents what you're passionate about. It represents what motivates you. Because you can have the spiritual gift of mercy, but your passion can be towards the elderly. Or maybe your passion is towards, towards the immigrants. Or maybe your passion is towards single moms. Your heart will tell you where. Your spiritual gifts tell you what. Your heart tells you where to serve God. And see two signs that you're serving from an area that is passionate to you. is One is enthusiasm and two is effectiveness. When you serve where you're passionate about, nobody's going to need to cheer you up. You know, I have down days. I have down months even. But for the most part, nobody needs to wake me up on Sundays and say, get ready, you got to go to church because you're the pastor. I love this. I love this. They invited me to a carne asada yesterday and I wanted to go to bed early to be at my best today. That's how much I enjoy this. When you serve from your passion, one is enthusiasm. Nobody's going to have to, come on, brother. It's, if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it. And if you don't, no, you, you want to do it. But st the second thing, the second thing when you serve out of your passion is that you're effective. You're good at it. You know why Steve's such a good teacher? First, because he has the gift. But two, because that's his passion as well. Because there's some people that are good teachers, but they're not passionate about teaching. And when you're passionate, you're effective. So spiritual gives hard, and A stands for abilities. These are your personal skills. Now, the only difference between abilities and spiritual gifts is that abilities, you get them when you're born. Uh, your spiritual gifts, you get them when you're born again, when you come to Christ. But your abilities, God gave them to you as well. Some of you, you're good with computers. Some of you, you're good with your hands. Some of you, you're good with people. Those are your abilities. And they also point to God's dreams for you. P stands for personality. And your personality is another element that points to what God wants you to do. Now, let me say something. No personality is better than any other one, okay? No personality. How many extroverts do we have in the house? How many of you are extroverts? If you don't know if you're an extrovert or not, let me tell you that if you don't raise your hand, you're not an extrovert. 
because an extrovert will raise his hand even if it's not true about them. They just want to be known by everybody. They want everybody to notice that they're here. They want you to know what they're wearing. They'll tell you what they ate for lunch yesterday. Extroverts are just out there, people. Now, introverts, how many introverts? I won't ask you to raise your hand because introverts don't like raising their hand. They, they, they don't want to know that. They don't want anybody to know that you came to church. They don't want you to know what they ate. Introverts just want to be kept to themselves. An extrovert is not better than an introvert. They're just different. How many morning people we got? God loves you extra. <laughs> How many extra grace needed people that wake up late do we have? No, I'm joking. We're different. We're different. How many thinkers? How many thinkers? How, how many of you guys are, I, I, I got to think through it. They pressure you to give them, I, I got to think through it. And then on the other side of the thinkers, we have the what? The feelers. Well, you know, I just feel that. Uh, <laughs> we're different. Not better, just different. And let me tell you, God uses every personality for a purpose. You can't have an introvert as a greeter. They'll be miserable. <laughs> they got to say hi to everybody. But you know what? You put an extrovert there, and they love church. Because everybody got to see them. They got to say hi to everybody. <laughs> your personality tells you about what God has for you. And then last but not least is your experiences, your past, your background. Let me tell you that everything good and bad that happens to you, God can use it. God can use it. The bad that happens, God didn't cause it, but God can use it. Remember Joseph? He said you meant it for evil, but God what? Meant it for good. Your spiritual gifts, your heart, your passion, your abilities, your personality, and your experience, they point towards God's dream for you. And when you serve out of your shape, you embrace God's dreams for you. I remember reading this. Let, 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 let me read it to you. Can God use you, you may ask? Can God use somebody like me, you may wonder? Well, Abraham was old, Jacob was insecure, Leah was unattractive, Joseph was abused, Moses stuttered, Gideon was poor, Samson was codependent, Rahab was a prostitute, David had an affair and all kinds of family problems, Elijah was suicidal, Jeremiah was depressed, uh, Jonah was reluctant, Noemi was a widow, John the Baptist, the Baptist was weird, Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered, Martha worried a lot, the Samaritan woman had many failed marriages. Zacchaeus was unpopular. Thomas was a doubter. Paul had poor health. And Timothy was timid. Yet God used all of them. And God can use you too. If you would only stop making excuses. How do you embrace God's dream? Through embracing and serving through your shape. And then last but not least. To embrace God's dreams in your life. You got to gather with other dreamers. You got to gather with the, let me tell you, discouragement is very contagious. Did you know that? Have you ever been around a Debbie Downer? Right? Man, you, you, you could 
have just gotten your stimulus check and you get around a Debbie Downer and sh they'll make you miserable. Let me tell you, discouragement is contagious. But you know what else is contagious? Dreamers. When you get around somebody that dreams, that believes, man, suddenly you start dreaming too. So, so if dreaming and discouragement are contagious, how important is it that we be careful with the people we surround ourselves? How important is it that the people that you allow into your intimate circle, now I'm not talking that you only talk to dreamers. Bible calls us to love everybody, but Jesus had his inner circle. Jesus had three, and in those three, he had one that was the favorite, kind of like me and my mom, you know? Um, <laughs> it's important that you be careful who you led around you. I got a question for you. Your inner circle, do they build your dreams or do they impede your dreams? The people that you consider your closest friends, the people that you spend the most time with, and I'm not talking about work, do they build your dreams? Do they shatter your dreams? Do they encourage your dreams? Do they pray for your dreams? Or do they talk down your dreams? To embrace God's dreams, you got to get around other people that dream as well. First Thessalonians says the following. Encourage each other and do what? Build each other up. And then look at, uh, I got one more note, I'm done. And then look at what Proverbs 27, 17 says. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another person. You know that when you, when you strike iron versus iron, it sharpens them. But you know what also happens when you take a rusted piece of metal and you put it around other metals that are not rusted? The rust becomes contagious. One of the ways you embrace God's dreams is by getting around people who are also embracing God's dreams. Get in a life group. Let me end with this. The best in your life is achieved in embracing God's dreams for you. Many people think, you know, if I accept God and if I give myself to God, I'm going to live such a boring life. I'm going to miss out on, on boyfriends and girlfriends, and I'm going to miss out on fun, and I'm going to miss out on a bunch of cool things. Let me tell you something. The world has nothing meaningful to offer you. And some people think that coming to, to God, giving themselves to Jesus means that they, in a way, die to the fun, to the exciting part of this world. Let me tell you, you have not started to live until you have given your life to Jesus. Because he said, I have come that you may have life and have life abundantly. So embrace God's dreams for you. They may not be what is popular. They may not be what you think you want at the moment. But let me tell you, God's dreams are God's best for you. They elevate you, they shape you, and they drive you. Would you bow your head with me? We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven. 
but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you. Transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.